Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 85 of the podcast tonight and uh, excited because we get to be in person downtown Portland, Maine, and it's nice to be out of the house and nice to be out here. We've got our masks, we're, we're spaced out, and it's nice to be able to hang and see the people that I'm interviewing for a little bit once in a while, so... Thank you guys for, for being on the show. For, for those of you that have been kind of tuning in, I just moved up here to the Portland, Maine area about a month ago. But a testament to the place that I'm, I'm at right here is I've only been here probably two or three times, I was telling you guys. And it made a big impact on me where like I really do, like my wife and I, we really associate this, this place with kind of the, the cityscape. Like in our head, this is a piece of what has to happen when I'm like in, in, in town here. This is a piece of the culture for me. So I, I saw it the other day and I, was, I think that's when I, I hit you guys up and thank you guys for playing around with your schedule and everything like that to be on tonight. Well, thank you, Dave. For, You're welcome. For saying those kind words. You were, doing like, you were doing classes. You were down in Boston or something. They flip-flopped their schedule to accommodate yeah, me. So um for those that don't know where we're at don't recognize this place we're in venus fizz house downtown portland maine and this is a it's a lot of things it's like a craft cocktail place i wouldn't even say a bar because it's like an experience right and it is also a brick and mortar mixology store We've got wholesale going on. We've got classes online uh, because of COVID times that used to be in here. So we've got just a whole realm of really good cocktails, which we are enjoying responsibly right now. <laughs> For those of you that see me out there, I always have a beer or something, and this yeah. is quite a step up from uh, what I usually have, even with my, my good fridge stacked up with, with craft beer. This is a step up. So I'd like to introduce Steve and Johanna of... Venus Fizz House. Hey. Hey, we're <laughs> Thank glad you, to be Dave. here. Thank I you, Dave. Great. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> all good, all good. Yay. <laughs> Thank you guys for being on yeah. tonight. Yeah, oh, no, this is awesome. Thank you. So for, for those that, because uh, we've got uh, definitely a strong New England footprint here growing up in New Hampshire. We've got a lot of New Hampshire listeners, Maine, Vermont, New England in general, Boston. But we've got some really cool people hanging out and listening to us around the country and even around the world, which I'm, I'm so thankful for. For those that have not been to Portland, or maybe you just haven't found this place downtown, what is Vina's Fizz House, and, and kind of how did this thing happen here for people that don't know it at all? What do you tell people, your elevator pitch, I guess, and your story? What, when we first started Vina's Fizz House, which was seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, we, we started it as the idea of, it was a non-alcohol bar, which we or kind of the tagline we used was it was a modern version of an old fashioned soda fountain. Cool. You know, we weren't going to really do ice cream sodas and things like that, but I had in my mind this vision of a, a real bar with bartenders um, mixing up just like you would a cocktail, only they were using seltzer in the end. They were still using all the same ingredients. They were using bitters and phosphates 
and um, all the old and fashion ingredients because that's what I love. Um, sure. Shrubs, vinegars, things like that, herbs, fresh herbs and spices. Um, but at the end, you're still shut, you know, shaking and muddling. You're just adding seltzer at the end of it. Um, and it just kind of came with this germ of an idea. And uh, Steve and I were, were former school teachers. Steve had been a teacher for almost 20 years. And the whole reason. This, Interesting. Yeah. The whole the whole reason it came to be was the kind of the typical entrepreneurial story and that um, we're kind of the accidental entrepreneurs. Uh, yeah. He got his job was, you know, cut. 52 teachers were cut. And so in Portland, Maine. In Portland, Maine. Wow. So, Emergency budget crisis. So. Yeah. So going into his yeah. 20th year, you know, we're the wow. typical. We have, You're you know, not even a little I bit. I needed in. one more year to be fully vested. Oh. But the thing is. Johanna, on the fifth day of the pink slip, woke up groggily because she took it personally that I got a pink slip. And we're going to be in deep duty because we have a mortgage. We had two kids in high school. Sure. And on the fifth day, she says, mute the TV. I have an idea. (laughs) And the idea was for a non-alcoholic bar that she talked about in ice. I said, okay, we're going to go for it. After she said, we're going to have a store attached to the bar that has all the ingredients that people in the cocktail industry will want to use, and we'll use those ingredients in a non-alcoholic setting. She's already said that. So go ahead. Wow. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So before this point, you already had this idea, Johanna? No. (laughs) No, 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 no. You straight up didn't have that idea ever. And then like this is going down, and you're like, you know what would solve this? If we open up like this exact idea, yes. <laughs> what? literally, and then we literally okay. the next day con- contacted a real estate person. Oh my God. And this was the first space we looked at and we just said, okay, we'll take it. And then two days later, we sign a lease for the space without knowing anything about anything. Oh my gosh. And then you can't see it. Cause I've got the mask on, but my mouth <laughs> is open wide. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then. I go to my bank that had my mortgage, and I no, I apply. said I yeah. said to him because <laughs> this was in this happened in um, April vacation, April, April vacation, and he'd found out you know his job will go to the end of the year till June. Okay, and um, so I said go to the bank before they find out. How many that, months is that? How many so months? April, do you have? May, June. You got Couple two months. months. We you have two months. You know it's going to be over in three. Oh months. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's okay. Yeah. So I said go to the bank before they find out you've lost your job <laughs> and see if we can get a loan. How much into your income yeah. do you have? This is my job. Right. I mean, well, this yeah, is my yeah. job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh and my gosh. We were lucky. We owned a house, but we'd only had it for two years. So we only had two years of equity in it. But anyway, we had just enough equity to get enough of a loan to open the doors here. Yeah. Wow. And not yeah. a penny more. Yeah. Wow. You know, it, was, wow. it was a scary, scary time. Yeah. But but I don't know, you know, I had 100% confidence. <laughs> don't ask me why. I don't know why, but I had 100% confidence we were going to make this work. Wow. And you actually on walks with me every night saying, are we absolutely crazy yeah, for doing this? You know, you know, you go uh, for has anyone ever like, what done this? Oh, my God. Yeah, for every night I heard the same. Are yeah. we absolutely nuts? Because no one's one ever the tried this. I did is I'd go online, of course, and yeah. I'd try yeah. to see if I could find something like it that we could sort of model it after, yeah. get some ideas. 
I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Oh no! So I thought, which either, is like perfect or right, awful. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Don't know. And yet. I thought either it's the greatest I- original idea that nobody's done, or it's been done a million times and failed every time. Yeah. Sure. And I didn't know which. So you know, you just do what you have to do. And um, wow, we never made drinks before. We didn't know how to make drinks. You had it. Um, so I was no. going to ask no. you guys that. No. No background in drinks. None. No. No, we, we, we're IPA beer drinkers, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we still are IPA beer drinkers. And after 21 months of doing just non-alcoholic drinks, we got our license. We couldn't get our license at the beginning because neither of us had any bartending experience. Interesting. Just the conversation, who's going to be the bartender? I trusted my wife. She said, I'm going to be the bartender. She's gonna, gonna yeah, bartender. I'm going to be the bartender and she's going to do retail. And that's how we started. And after two weeks of making drinks and working with bitters and tasting bitters, I said, oh, my God, Johan, I'm addicted to bitters. She said, thank <laughs> God. Eating bitters. Oh, no, no, I'm drinking bitter every day. I'm taking, I'm up to like two to 500 drops of bitters a day. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I'm a bitter freak. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. Wow. Yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. yeah, you just found Healthy. that taste, and you're like, I like. I this. love bitter. Well, he's I, always been like, like the coffee okay. he drinks is the most bitter black. Yeah, you know, so it's it was a natural. It was exactly. In yeah. You found something that yeah. clicked in. Yeah. And when wow. I when I learned yeah. about bitters, I was just kind of fascinated by him, and I said to him, "This is going to be, we're going to bitters are going to be our thing." Huh. <laughs> it was just yeah. kind of fascinated by him, and um, because they're again they're an old ingredient that used to be used all the time, you know, as digestives. And uh, I just thought, we, I want to bring those back. I want to bring those back. And so that's, that's what I had him do. <laughs> and that's what we're known for. I mean, you're yeah. drinking a cocktail. Yeah, it's tequila. It's a shrub. But the bitter in that is making, it, is making the drink taste that way. Definitely. That's mm-hmm. it in a nutshell. And just like we said earlier, like, yeah. like you were, sa- you were yeah. saying it, we were like, this, if I made it without this, would be too sweet. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, in the palate, when I got hit, like, halfway through, I don't like sweet. Like, that's not my style. Yeah. But I'm fine with this because I'm getting the sweet at first, and then, like, my body's like, hey, you don't like that, remember? But then I get hit with that fast enough that I was like, no, I like this. I do exactly. like this. Settle down, cool. body. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, so that entrance story... I had like a lot of little questions that I had planned to ask you and that answered a ton of them in a row of like my initial one was I had seen I had read the I read online a little bit and and first of all for those of you out there kind of when I was like hyping this up the story itself to say you know it's a I read some other some other report that had been done probably close to the time of open or something. And it was like an article and the the headline was like, you know, craft uh, cocktail place opens without liquor license or like opening without a liquor license on it. Like that was the point of it to be like, wait, what? Like, hold on. So I had wondered if it was something where like you had planned to open with the liquor license and something Mm -hmm. weird. Cause I have tons of friends that, that open up different places like that and all sorts of funky stuff happens with it. I didn't know if something happened where you intended on it, something changed, and then you're like, hey, we're running it this other way. Or if you intended to open without the liquor license, then you added it later for a different purpose. So 
what what because it, it that's that's crazy that the idea all was in one time like like what what do you think led to it where like that moment clicked and you're like let's do this exact concept was there anything that fed that idea before that time any things that had happened in your life that you're like there's this is why there's a need for it or like that straight up was just like something lucid or something that happened on the fly you know i've thought about i thought have thought a lot about it yeah and i i realized that i i think i'd always it, it was more about ingredients. I'd always been kind of fascinated with the old-fashioned ingredients. Why? I, I what don't was it? No, I, I grew up on an apple farm in Maine. Okay. And I just was always loved looking through the old cookbooks. I don't know why. And I, I started actually a product I started to make at the apple farm um, was something I saw in an old, old cookbook. And it was called Boiled Cider. Okay. And I'm like, I live on an apple farm. I've never heard of this. What is this? And it said that it used to be as prevalent as maple syrup. Wow. Back in the day when everybody had orchards. Right. And they would, you just boil it down just like you do maple syrup. Huh. And then they would use it just like maple syrup, you know, as a sweetener or, you know, for your beans, for your whatever. And I thought, oh, I'm going to try making that because I've got cider. You know, I'm at, we're at apple farm. So I started just boiling, right. boiling, boiling. Pretty soon we're having it boiled at the local maple syrup place, you know, boiling tons and tons of it. And um, wow. we started selling it all over. But but little did we know, that was our very first drink we ever came up with was called, we called it the Cider Smash. Yeah. We used equal parts cider syrup, uh, bourbon, and lemon juice. And that was it. Wow. And it was it was delicious. And anyway, that I just always had kind of an interest in those old ingredients. I don't know why, just kind of fascinated by it. And, Interesting. Um, yeah, and so of course we still have the cider syrup here today. I was going to ask we you still, that. Yes, is that still, still around at this point? Yes, it is. It's still on the menu. We still have that drink, and it's always been one of our most popular drinks. Really? Yeah. Okay. Spoiled. We're doing it with rye now. Yep. Oh, and with yeah. a bitter now. Yeah. yeah. Now, now yeah. it's been fancified, yeah. you know. But uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of it. I just had this yeah. German of an idea, and I don't know how I got this thing about the seltzer and. I, I I think it too had to do with I I wanted I like to have a place to go during the day and I'm not a big coffee drinker I didn't really want to go to a coffee shop um, I you know I didn't really want smoothie I just thought why isn't there a place you can get a cold drink mm. and sit down as opposed to coffee or smoothie or something like that and okay. I just kind of thought and then putting healthy ingredients in it you know I love fresh herbs and spices and muddled up things so it kind of was just that simple idea like that. Sure. Um, and so we just said, well, let's, let's try it. And so when we opened the door, we came up with 10 drinks, 10 recipes um, that we had on the menu. And that, <laughs> that the funny story, too, was that just before we opened, we were all ready to open. We, ha- we have everything. We're, we're, and uh, we call up, like, the place to come have seltzer, a seltzer gun, you know, put in. Sure. And... They said, well, what else, you, what, what other soda are you going to have put in? And we said, no, we're not having any soda. You know, we don't just need seltzer. a Pepsi. We don't need a, you know, 7-Up gun. We just need a seltzer. And they said, no, we can't do that. And I said, Why said not? you have to buy these other canisters of syrup, you know, or else it's not worth our time, I You're guess. Like, I'm going to make syrup. Right. I said, we're making our own. Right. And I said, okay, I'll buy one canister of Pepsi a month or something, whatever. <laughs> None of them would do it. So it was wow. like just yeah. before we opened and we have nothing. 
to make our <clears throat> fizz house you have, fizzy. You have the you have the menu already formed. Well, we right have now. it. Yeah. Right. You're like these are the things I'm going to do. You just don't have a way to make them yet. Right. We don't. Well, have, oh we have God. cans and bottles of so salsa. So we, we went and bought okay. cans. Yeah. We went and bought a bunch of yogurt. Okay. It took it took two weeks to figure out where to buy a well, gun. Well, we had to go online. A carbonated unit. Yeah. And, and get it all hooked it. up ourselves. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that was a little thing we learned. Yeah. You know, they won't come just hook you up as you do. Yeah. You have to buy all the other Wild. syrups with it. Yeah. There, there was an episode I did. It was just on the concept of like, make it a problem first. Because it's like, you guys didn't worry about the seltzer gun situation. You're like, how am I going to do this business? And then like, you ran into it and you're like, I have to solve this now but it's like not worth worrying about until yeah. like you have to solve it all right. sometimes yeah. right you know it, you know like anything when you first start we didn't even know it was a problem until right. you don't know you're like i didn't know that that was a thing right had no idea wasn't no. wasn't in the uh no. seltzer game long enough no. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy so wow. when you first open up you you have this idea of what this is going to be how does it go like at startup and then how does it develop because i think it was it was two years before you did liquor license, right? Mm-hmm. So it was Almost, two years right. of uh, of doing the mocktails in this place that people can come to to get a cocktail that's not no alcohol, like in the day or whatever. How did like the first two years go, and like what did you see? How was it received as that thing where like you're like I was trying to find this thing, I never found it. Do you then validate like obviously we're here, mm-hmm. so it is validated. Mm-hmm. But how did it go, and how were people perceiving that concept? Because it's it is like kind of an older concept, but I also that's probably why being here three times, like I love a lot of older concepts. Mm-hmm. I'm an old soul, I think, and when I see any place that like inha- it takes in that character in full, I get hit, and I'm immediately I'm like in, I'm in right away. Even if you yes. didn't have liquor here, and I love my cocktails, mm-hmm. I still I would have been in, I would have been by. I don't know if that's where you you saw that? Yeah, I mean, we we didn't have any intention of adding alcohol when we started. We we weren't against adding alcohol. It really was just we just didn't know enough when we started. To, sure. It, and I had we had this concept of the no alcohol, and I just thought there could be a real market for that. But what was funny? What happened was um, about two years in. We started to find empty nip bottles in our trash. Ah! <laughs> so we started to realize that people were bringing it in anyway okay. and adding it to their mocktails. And so we just said, well, okay, we've been doing it for two years. Now we're feeling like we, we understand flavors wow. and all that. So we thought we'll try it. But we never, we always wanted it to be equal. We never, because we had a great following for the non-alcohol. Anyway. Yes, anyway. And so we didn't want to alienate them. And we just we just thought the concept where it's totally equal. You know, it doesn't matter if you're drinking or not drinking at all. We don't want people to even know that there's any distinction. If you come in here and get a non-alcohol drink, nobody knows. Right. Because everybody, what we always heard from the people that drank the non-alcohol was that, you know, they always feel somehow like they're relegated to the kids table when they go into a bar or they're somehow less than, you know, and they're almost kind of embarrassed. I have lots of straight edge friends. Yeah. Right. And I go out, I go out. If they're comfortable going out with me, I love to have them, you know, for the night, if they're comfortable with it. And, um, you know, there's a certain crew of people where like, they just don't try and they just go off. And Mm -hmm. then like, there's a certain crew of people that's like, 
let's make sure that these people are included if we're going to ask them to come and be a part of this night or this time with us. And um, they unfortunately do get alienated all the time. And it's yeah. nothing wrong with not drinking alcohol. You know? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like we, we really want to just may have this concept of a bar. We think it's a whole new concept of just, there's no distinction. There's, there's, it's like, not you don't the know. Point, it's not basically. even the point at all because, and that's always been a little bit of a frustration has been that everybody's always trying to say to us, did you open because of the regulations? You know, mm. Regulations yeah. or because you couldn't get a liquor license or did you open because you're, you know, catering to the recovery community? And it was, wasn't any of those right. things you're at like, all. No. no, it was just, it was more, um, you know, just loving ingredients, loving healthy ingredients. And but after a year, you know, we're seeing that we're losing business not being open at night. People wanted alcohol at night. Um, sure. We were losing money not having events. People, you know, we could do non-alcoholic drinks for any event, but people wanted alcohol. What occurred in November 2014, we're still in the world of alcohol, and we're like five months away from getting our alcoholic license. We decided we're going to get our license. Alton Brown came here, and he's Food Network Good Eats Guru. Sure. Um, he put us on the national map. He put his experience. You use the word experience. It's an experience here. It is an experience. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's an yeah. ingredients guy. And he loves you know. it, the flavors. And I, had, I gave him a non-alcoholic drink with two different bitters. And he's asked me all these questions, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, he put us as one of his top eight tour stops on his national 2014 tour. And that, wow. with a million followers, and that's November... By March, where we got our license already, and we opened late March, early April as a mocktail and a cocktail bar. We could okay. both, both, yeah. And it was pretty, it was the same feel of a bar as a non-alcoholic bar. It was the same thing, except now we're doing both. Sure. And it was cool. I love that. Because I had people working for us even said, you can't do the same things. You can't teach like you used to teach. And it's like, no way. Of course, it's going to be the same. And it was the same. And it still is the same. Except now with the pandemic, no one's, you're the first person sitting at our bar day drinking a cocktail, by the How way. How about that? Okay. Yeah. You saw Pretty it cool. here. It's <laughs> March. Yeah. All right. Yes. All right. <laughs> Breaking ground here on the Since podcast. Since March 15th. Yeah. It's been a long... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. sad thing to think about. Yeah, wild. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so let's talk about that too then, because I've been careful where when, you know, for those of you out there that have been listening for a bit now, when the pandemic hit, I, I did interview people as I go weekly. So I would, along the way, every once in a while, kind of check back into like each different type of business. We, we've interviewed venues, we've interviewed, you know, obviously restaurants, breweries, and, and musicians, and, and everyone's affected differently, some positive, some negative. And I've tried to interview enough to get information that I think is going to help people. Like, hey, what do I possibly do? And they get ideas. And I've, I've tried also not to be so on top of it to be like, there's also a million other things that are happening still in the world. Let's also talk about other things that are happening too. You know, if you need to listen to an episode to not think that. Mm -hmm. 
But I think now it has been some breath in the, the episodes of not talking about it again. And you guys were talking about some really interesting changes in your, your business with the times, even before we were talking, you're talking about the, the zoom mixology classes that you were doing here in the bar. Then all of a sudden now you have, did you ever have people that were like in Illinois or in some other places that were part of that community or now that opened it up to it? How, how, well, how's COVID affecting this, Listen, all of this? I've been doing classes here during the winter times. But, but not Zoom classes. But not here at the bar. I've been doing you classes know, here classes in the winter. Here in the bar. So okay. we have customers in the in summer that class. wanted to learn about how to make cocktails and how to make bitters, but aren't here in the wintertime because they're summer tourists. Sure. So okay. finally now... We have MailChimp, we have followers, so they know what's going on. Now I'm teaching them how to create cocktails, how to create mocktails, how to make bitters while I'm a one-man show on a screen on Zoom. I didn't know what Zoom was before the pandemic. Yeah. I've done two Zoom classes already this week, and it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But anyone that wants to learn how to create mocktails, cocktails, go to www.venusfizzhouse.com. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we just did, we did so in, cool. yeah. it's in fun. house it's classes, fun. in-house classes, yeah. you know, where people could sign up yeah. weekly and we'd have filled this up with people taking cocktail classes. Beforehand. Right beforehand. Oh, beforehand. Up to right. 15 people in the yep. bar. And we charge them awesome. 75 yeah. bucks. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, but we... Know about Zoom? You know right, that's yeah. how the pandemic's changed. It's <laughs> yeah. like you know went from you had to be local to now it's it like blew up the world up. of like what you understand like how you can communicate with people and interact with them, yeah. even with your shop in downtown Portland that you could affect someone to make right. different drinks in Illinois. You're just like this yes. is crazy. And how did I like? Because I've been doing the same things with audio, where like there have been people in. I don't know some of the people in like Virginia, people in um, LA or something. I've been working with people and I would be doing remote sessions. And I was like, this technology has been here for like six years. Why did I think that that wasn't a, a thing? And it's just like, it just forced it to, the, and the world got huge and close at the same time. That's it's right. really yes, weird. It is. It's been the yeah. strangest, strangest six months. Yeah. <laughs> like we said, it's such an up and down. I mean, there are definite silver linings for our business. Sure. It's been devastating on one hand and totally opened up other ends of it. Because you, know, you were saying beforehand that for those of you, and, and I didn't know this really until you had told me beforehand, is that you do obviously the, the bar and the brick and mortar store here. And then it makes total sense when Steve said this earlier, but you have this other facility that does the, the exclusive products that you do as the ingredients that you do to fill up this brick and mortar and to do other things. You said you saw a flip. Obviously, people are not here in this bar. I'm cool enough, I guess, to be the first person to break this drink back in here again. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to get edited out yeah. somehow. Yeah, no, 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 like that's fine. Lame. It's going to be lame in there. But you guys, it flipped a little bit. You said that now you have a lot of distribution and wholesaling and stuff. Like what? I, the other day you were saying that you were down in Boston and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, I had no idea that they were up to all these things out of this shop that I'd only been to three times. But that's really cool to see that impact you know, and share that. Yeah, we found about probably about three years ago, um, 
one of the things I noticed down in the retail shop were, you know, because we get so many tourists that come from all over the country here, um, you know, everybody was wanting uh, things they could take on the plane with them. Interesting. Yeah. And because a lot of what we sell are liquids, you know, we do syrups and shrubs and bitters, and they, they couldn't take a lot of that on the plane. And so that's kind of how the idea for the spirit sippers, the infusion jars came wow. out um, to try to get this the, through to right. TSA. Yes. Get it hang through out TSA. on your plane back to wherever you're going. Exactly. Let's try. Yep. Yeah. Unreal. And, and yeah. that's how it began. And now it's literally become a second whole business in this business. And thank goodness, because that's what's been able to keep us going. Unbelievable. We've totally. Yeah. Um, we make it in another, we have a whole production facility where we make it all. And, uh, Thank goodness. Yeah. Because yeah, we've just wow. taken all the yeah. energy that we were putting into here and moved it over there and have just ramped it up. Unbelievable. Yeah. There there were seven people working today, yeah. us included. Yeah. yeah That's awesome. Seven. Yeah. Cranking it out. That, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah so. Two people, one or two people work here now in the brick and mortar. Yes. Totally. Yeah, that's flipped. it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Wow. Yeah. So we, we're yeah. very, you know, now we make a whole line of bitters and we make bitters infused sugar cubes. Um, yeah, we sell them all over the country. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's the stuff where like, and and this is why, like, honestly, I do the podcast like this is because you could just so easily walk down the street and and not know that this web of, of impact and and uh, and effects is happening to from from this little you would perceive it as a small little space that it could only be that thing and it's and it's and it's just not that thing it's an experience and it's also what are we doing to make an impact and it's doing a lot of impact and now especially covid times all over the place it's crazy to think that and people just don't know that until you talk to people or you just find stuff right. in the shop and ask questions or whatever you know yep that's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. We, yeah. And, you know, I think it's uh, probably a testament to, to Yankee ingenuity and frugality, <laughs> you know, and that I, and stubbornness. I, it's stubbornness. Probably you a little know, bit. I'm, I'm an 11th generation Vayner, you know, so I just, yeah. uh, you know, I don't ever like the idea of having all my eggs in one basket, you know? Sure. So when we started this, you know, I just like, I, we have to have something else in case something happens to this. And so, it worked. We were lucky. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I guess let me, um, you were saying this, Steve, because there was something before that you noted before, was it before this time you said something, but you, Steve was talking about you're, you're like, Hey, like this happened because you take two people that are both like fine with a certain amount of risk and, and whether you're going to be an entrepreneur or not, like, a lot of it is kind of focused in too with like your, how comfortable are you being uncomfortable really? And you're like, you take two people that were both fine with risk and you put them together and then you do crazy stuff like that where you're like, Hey, we're going to just do this thing. What, what, what were you saying? Like, like what, what made you think that? And and what was this other thing that you were talking about cliffside that I I didn't know anything about that before, before this. There's a high level of trust between us. We were looking to leave Maine for, we didn't know how long. We're going to leave the state. We're going to take our two kids. Johanna goes on a trip, goes to Savannah, Georgia, 
to check out the society. We, just, uh, we, we I was we from needed here. A break. We'd always been here and wanted we to try a different society. 11, 11 we, we went, to, yeah, we went to, to Asheville, North Carolina. Awesome place. And, so cool. and again, but the McMansions turned her off. So she goes, I said, check out this little Finger Lake projection out of Delaware. It, it's Virginia. Just check to see what's there. And I never saw it, but sight unseen. I said, go ahead, buy the house. She found a house and <laughs> she bought a house. I never, <laughs> never went down there. I went down there during <laughs> April vacation to try to find a teaching job. And I got a job and we moved and I checked out the house when I was down there. I said, great. We own a Good house. Good job. Good yeah, job with that. Cool. Good yeah. Trust. Okay. Two years later, <laughs> she comes back to Maine and I'm working at, Kelly's Ginger Nut Pub in Cape Charles, Virginia, as a bartender, I, no, I as a waiter. because it yeah. was my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Okay, and this and, is all before, obviously, this place. That's right, right. right. This, is before. And, this wasn't even a song. And she brings the two grandkids to spend time with the, grand, you know, with the grandparents, and they're out on Cliff Island, two miles out to sea, uh, you know, here, here at Casca Bay. Okay. And she calls me up on a Tuesday. She said, Steve. You know the storekeeper on the island? I said, oh, that asshole? Oh, can I swear? I'm <laughs> yes, sorry. Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She said, you yeah, guys are way more sto- tame than me usually. The store so. is for sale. Oh, I just swore. The store is for sale and it's $5,000. I said, you're kidding. Just buy it. That's a, that's a story in itself. I mean, that's trust. Oh my God. That's taking a risk and that's trust. Just okay. buy the house. So it's, it's, yeah. 2000, buy the store. it's 2008 in the market Stinks all over America, the real estate market. Ugh. And we sold our we sold our house in Cape Charles to a next door church that wanted to expand and it closed Hallelujah in early December. Hallelujah. Because we yeah. anyhow, that's trust. Wow. So when she comes up, you know, you're asking Johanna half an hour ago, where did the idea come from? She when I got my pink slip, she did not sleep. Four nights in a row, minimally. So when she woke up groggily with this idea, it was like without sleep for many nights in a row. Mm. She has this idea, and she's a genius. I married a genius. She's, I say over and over and over again, my wife is a genius. I'm so lucky. You've so created lucky. a lot out yeah. of nothing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we work well together. <laughs> you know, it's the typical what I'm good at. He's not, and what he's good at, I'm not. So it works really hard. well. That's hard, yeah. though. Yeah. That's special to find. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it somehow works. Yeah. It somehow works. So you, so, this, so you guys bought the store on an island. I always say, you know, I always say it's a risk, but at the same time, I said to him, it's $5,000. It isn't like, you know, we're going to be won't end us. It's not going to end us. And yeah. I said, and if we hate it after a year, well, we're out $5,000, but we get to spend a year on an island off the coast of Maine, which we would never get to do normally. Sounds cool. In so, my, and our daughter got to spend fifth grade at the school on the island for this really cool experience. Anyhow, we bought a house, not on Cliff Island, but in Portland from the proceeds of the store. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. No. So we, we were we yeah. staying for six years and... um. And that until he lost the job and yeah. then this came about and then we couldn't do the two anymore, you know, so we gave yeah. up the wow. cliff Island and just, just kept doing this. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But doing both of these cliff Island in here, it was too much for me. But, I bet. Yeah. yeah Thank God we gave it up. 
It's <laughs> like that's a lot of a- anyway. Oh yeah. But then yeah, like yeah. also to put in the fact of like just literally it's on an island. It's right. just a right. hard for you to yeah. see what's going on. You can't just bop down Four Street like right. you have to no. go to now an island to see what's right. happening. If there's any sense of urgency that you have to have, you literally have to find a way to to yes. get to the island, and that's <laughs> yes. time and. Yeah, and you the know? ferry for to get to Cliff Island, it's a two-hour ferry drive. It's you know, it's a it's a long haul. It's time. Yes. Yeah. So we're yeah. Yeah, we did it for two years. The last year, our well, two kids both, ran the island store for us. They were eighteen and sixteen. <laughs> they ran it because they Holy helped cow. us run it for four years. What a good education for yeah. them! Oh yeah, yeah, very yeah. Exactly. Wow. Are they doing anything where they're getting involved in things like that? Or what are they up to? But, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they actually kind of are. Our yeah. daughter is in Seattle now. Same kind of thing. I think she has our entrepreneurial know, she, just, she just decided to take off. They got the blood. Plunked, at, plunked herself out there and has kind of created a life and then is running a little store right She's now. the general manager at a family-run yeah. grocery store, yeah. which is way cool. Yeah. yeah. She's 22. That's unbelievable. And she's uh, running the ship. Yeah. You, I think yeah. that that education is priceless. Yeah. I, I, we do too. Absolutely we both feel that way. Priceless. And we're both teachers. We're teachers, yeah. you know. And I said that type of, t- to teach a kid, I, yeah. I agree. I think it's, it's invaluable. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. There's, there's like, and definitely like as two educators, there are educators that because of the people that they were, they made an impact on me that was way more than the material that they That's led right. because exactly. of the way that they, they understood who I was. They understood what I was looking for and, and thinking more yeah. than I ever imagined that they did. And they were able to give me the things that I needed to have at the time that I needed it to make an impact. Absolutely. But that doesn't definitely say where like when I was in college, I tell people this all the time. Like when people ask like, hey, how do I go into audio or something if they're like in that creative field like that i was in college for audio and i always tell people like you can go to to college for audio and it can mean nothing to you or you can go to college to audio and it can mean everything to you but it 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 matters who you are and there are certain people that need certain experiences to get them and and for me to work with people i'm i'm someone that like i need to see what's happening and i need to interact with people and, and analyze why are you making these choices as it's happening and then it clicks for me so i need to for me for anyone i think to run a business at that age mm-hmm. is something that no one really gets to do and that's mm-hmm. that that is something that you just can't you can't buy that in the school you can't go to school and do that thing and that's yes. that's pretty cool to have as an experience yeah that, that's what we thought too you know we just thought yeah. that teach the kids what like you said one just the the work all the details of what goes into running a store and yeah. then to have the trust to trust them to do it to build you know what what that's the best self-esteem you can kind of give your kid i bet that they can do it and they have to solve problems and they did yeah you have um, to they have to yeah cool yeah it was that's pretty very wild. cool yeah yeah it was a wild six years yeah but this <laughs> This has been a wild seven years. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. That's so cool. So I think, let me see. Yeah, I've got a little bit more time. And then I have like five questions I ask people at the okay. end for every mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. What would you say out there to people where maybe um, they don't have like the idea like that you, that you had that clicked like that? What would you say to people out there that want to get into modern mixology or they want to get into this type of craft that this is? I don't think that 
you know, like there are certain uh, bars that you go to that might not be what this is, right? But there are certain bars that they really do put value and they're putting amazing things into the drinks that I feel you can learn that. But there's also such a majority of bars that I feel like are using this really easy, this really junk stuff. Like there's a lot of stuff where you're just not going to learn it by being in there. What would you say to someone if they want to get into anything that's in this realm or even the home enthusiasts that you are working with? What do you say to people that are getting into this craft? Well, what's, what's been interesting with us is that we actually, most of the people we end up hiring to be bartenders have not been bartenders before. It's people that just that. have had an interest, kind of just like us, yeah. Uh, in these old in ingredients. Or it's like maybe they're culinary people, mm. and they're, but they're just interested in flavors. So for us, that's, that's who we're always looking for, and those are the people that, seem to do the best here because they have a curiosity about it. Right. You know, they're not, uh, we sometimes find that, you know, a trained bartender is kind of entrenched and not, not all of them by any chance, you know, this is the way that we do it. Right. This is the way you know, that this drink is made. Right. We have to put this amount. This has to be this right. thing. Right. Yeah. And, and not that that isn't making a great drink, Sure. but it's not the type of drink we make. And we might make them differently because we didn't come from the industry. We didn't learn that way. So we kind of created our own way to make drinks, right. whether that was the right way or the wrong way, we don't know, but it's how we, we just did it ourselves. Exactly. So we sometimes have, it's easier to train somebody just that has the passion for it uh, than to sometimes retrain. Right. Habits. So we just say, if you have an interest in flavors, it's like, start to go crazy, man. You can just do it with, simple things at your house you can do it with you know you have some seltzer and citrus and we say a little bit of sweet those sweet citrus and seltzer to sure. start with that those three basic things and try it you know the sweet can be maple it could be agave it could be simple syrup you know right. um start to branch out of course then we say but the cream of the crop is the bitter with the you quality know, bitter. With a good quality, one, yeah. one good quality bitter to start, you know, and, and yeah. start to test it that way. You know, you can do it as yeah. simple as those those ingredients. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that there's like a lot of parallels with what you said. Where like, I always compare, it's just because of what I my background. I always compare everything that when I'm I'm asking people about a world that I might not be fluent in. I always compare it in parallel back to music and it's like what Steve was saying with like the, the way that the way things can be done and the ways that things cannot be done. It's like I took music theory, but I don't use music theory to write a song. It's there, yeah. there are sometimes I like use it to like check under the hood to be like, why is this thing happening? Why do I not like this thing? Mm-hmm. And then I'll like try to analyze it and be like, Oh, that's why I hate this thing. Cause it's causing this thing. But yeah. like, you don't need the music theory to write amazing music or be an amazing artist. You just don't need that. And exactly. it, it, but, but you could be an amazing artist and no music theory. Exactly. It's crazy like that. Yes. And you know, yes. but it's almost like it's helpful sometimes to know the rules so you can break them. But it's also nice when you don't know the rules so you don't know what could limit you exactly. in the same way. And that's like, I think that's exactly right how we started it. But we learned, you know, then we learned a lot of the, you know, why does sour? How do you make sour? You why know, does this, why do, does that this thing? do that? Why does why it do, do people why? feel that way when they have this thing? Exactly. Yeah. Well, what's this alcohol do with this bitter? You know, we learned all this, but we didn't have any preconceived notions going in. Yeah. So, yeah. Three weeks in to this business, Joanna said, 
it's really too bad you're losing all your 19 years of experience as a teacher. And I let it, I didn't react. But a half hour later, I said, Johanna, I'm using everything that I've learned in the 19 years in doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it, and I wasn't teaching people about bitters. I wasn't teaching Zoom. I was, I was just creating mocktails. Yeah, and then teaching people what I'm doing here. You know, using logic, proportions, everything, and then talking to customers and teaching them now and teaching whoever I do. Yeah, it's all about for me. It's all about the bitters. The bitters are the seasoning. I am a High-end chef behind the bar using bitters. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, that's it. And I have over 200 bitters that I play around with in there. Oh, my God. Well, and then the other little fact. Yeah, it is. 200 bitters. Over. 200 bitters. Over, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And And they're all for sale also. (laughs) Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to get in the fact, too, that, of course, we love everything. Like, you were kind of saying it. That's vintage and old. And so I, that just speaks to me. And we, we, we just emphasize that in everything we do with what we sell and how we serve the drinks um, from the glassware to the ingredients. Yes. And um, we just want people to come in and feel they can relax. They can let their breath out. And things will remind them of a time in their life that, you know, a gone by time. Yes. And um, so that's a big part of what we do. I mean, look at the glass that you're drinking out of it. That's vintage. And that someone's grandmother probably drank from that glass. I love that. And it's, but that's the impermanence of life. Everything breaks. That will break. That will chip. And it's okay. Yes. Yeah. It happens. But it's crazy. We only have one shot at life. Use a quality bitter. Use a <laughs> great a great glass that feels or looks great in the hand and all the ingredients that you're putting in are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Not hard. <laughs> that should be on the yeah. t shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> you only live one. Do you guys, yeah, yeah, do you guys have t shirts? No, no, but we, we I'm not yeah. even kidding you. No, I feel don't. like there, there's a crew of people out there that heard what you said. Yeah. Definitely let me know if you thought that. But like what Steve said, yes, there would be like, what, what did you just say? There's what? like everything's good in life except for like, like as long as you have a bitter. Um, it's use a quality bitter. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he's that literally could be like the slogan right. on the front, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we call him the bitterest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. That's like, he has yeah. his own logo, his own card. Yeah. Oh, man. man I just picture Steve like in a restaurant or a shop or somewhere like that. And he's like that guy that's always had Tabasco his whole life. And like everything has Tabasco. Even if you didn't think it, you're like eggnog? Yep, Tabasco. Yeah. And, and, and there's like some scrambled eggs or something. And he's just like, yeah. And you're like, what'd you just throw in that? Bitters? And you're like, What's up? Like, yeah. bitters? You like, go yeah. to other bitter bars enough. and he'll bring bitters in his pocket. And I'll say, don't you bring those out when we're in the bar. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I'll say, you know, don't let the bartender It's like Kramer with real maple syrup. Right. That's how I, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I carry bitters with me. 
I can't even yeah. imagine if I was a bartender and I see you and you're like, mm, good, good, yeah, real, good, like, like we're cool, like, just hey. like that, just yeah. like the bitters, you're shucking them in there. Like, what? Uh, you know. Cool. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, uh, fun. All right, are you guys uh, ready to have my five questions? Yes. Okay, we're ready. Okay, cool. They're not. I feel like I build them up to be more epic than they. They are, but it's just because it's like the same. I always, that's the only thing that definitely always holds true on this podcast. I always ask those questions, but they're not that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one, and I always preface it like this. So sorry, people who've been listening a long time. I know I say it every time, but it it takes explanation is the first one. I kind of get the answer whenever I do this whole podcast by the end, but I like asking it pointed because sometimes I get a little bit different answer. And that's why is this the thing that you need to do every day instead of any other thing that you could wake up and do on the planet? Why is this the thing? Well, I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing. I, I, I know it sounds so cliche, but I love getting up in the morning and going to work. And I love coming up with the ideas. I just love the whole process. I love the people I work with. I, I just can't even think of anything else that's awesome that i'd rather do this this is called the waking up from work podcast yeah. and what i tell people with that all the time is it's not a podcast about being like a lazy millennial it's like right. i'm not complaining about working i'll put in on a weekend i'll put in 15 hour days i'll do seven days a week i'll work every sunday for years i've been doing like i, I, I work but I want to work to do the things that I love that I feel are helping people in the thing that I have a superpower in, or I want to do yeah. something. I can put the 15 hours in if it's a process that I enjoy, that's, that's making an impact that I want to make. It's yeah. not about the work thing. So like you're right. waking up to go work and do things like you got to do things to do all this is all right. takes coal in the fire, but just to have that ability to, to feel that. And that's like all said in one spot you know yeah it's it's indescribable it's indescribable it's like when you have you can't not do it i just it's such a part of uh you wake up and you're like what else would i do right and i don't want to do anything you know i never bored i'm never i I, you know you wish each day could go longer because you have so many ideas that you want to do i love that yeah that's awesome yeah we only say the only issue is sometimes we wish we'd come up with this idea when we were a little younger, <laughs> you know. Um, but the thing, if this happened 20 years ago, bitters were not a thing then. They were no, there were like four bitter companies in the world at that point. Okay. Uh, but for me, I'm happy in my world of botanicals, um, just smells, and I make bitters, and I'm making – Massive amounts of oh, pardon me, massive amounts of bitters batches for Johanna's bitter infused sugar cubes now almost every day. So the smells, the flavors, the tastes, I'm in heaven. I love it's like a laboratory. I'm in I'm in a mill in Westbrook. It has to be. And and I have my own room, like I said, so the smells are unbelievable. Just everything I'm using. And I probably have I don't know. 50 to 70 different tinctures. Wow. Brewing all over. They're all over the place. Some it, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's straight up is a lab. Oh, yeah. Not yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a whole lab. Yeah. So I'm now almost every day making these itty bitters for the Zoom classes. 10 mil 
bottles, 10 milliliter bottles of, and I have a 11 different bitters and it's pretty wild because they're selling, they're, we're selling a lot of them because $5 for a quality bitter. Yeah. <laughs> I do it. Yeah. 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 Really quick. I, I have four more questions than yeah, I okay, always do, but, I, but you made me think of something for, for me and for people out there. What, how do you make a bitter? Like without okay. the crazy science, but like, how does that? What is that even made of? They're 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 extracts. So they're extracts of botanicals in alcohol. Okay, and to be it could be any roots, barks, petals, fruits, peels, um, and you need a bittering agent, a bittering root like gentian, whorehound, wormwood, dandelion leaf, dandelion root, burdock root wormwood one of those needs to be one of the botanicals to make it a true bitter interesting um bitters were america's medicines in the 1800s right for digestion intestinal fortitude health there were no pharmacies in the 1800s they started in 1905 therefore people use bitters and tonics and that's a bitter in itself from chikonabak anyhow i answer your question in a minute very cool okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. People take classes to learn about all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot to learn. Oh yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So on the other questions I have, these are two that go together. Is along the way, say that you could take the lesson and give it to someone, like so that they just immediately learned it. What's like the biggest mistake that you've made along the way through? all this where you're like, Hey, you could even say like, I'm happy. I learned the lesson from it. But like, if you have the ability to learn this lesson, don't do this thing. What would you say to people? Don't do that. Cause we didn't know what we were doing kind of at the beginning or didn't have the background knowledge that I sometimes, you know, would question what we were doing and sure. listen to other people. And then I've just found that my gut was always right. It was always the best the business so i wish i had trusted my gut more not that you can go totally by your gut you know it's good to listen to other people and always be open to other ideas yep but i i knew what i wanted uh and it wasn't necessarily what everybody else told me we should do like right. everybody said we were crazy to start a non-alcohol bar you know right. people still come up, up to us today and say we can't believe you guys are still here we never thought you'd make it yeah yeah you know, and and anyway. they're not always doing it maliciously. So it's, yeah, it's straight no. up sometimes like they just straight up oh, don't they're see the same lens right. that you see yeah. of what something could happen. They just don't understand, and everything that they've learned in their life tells them that that's not a possible thing. But you might have accumulated those specific things that made you think and feel that that's supposed to happen that they might just not know. T trust your gut. You know, there's a reason you get little red flags and yep. things like that. You know, a lot of it was trust you got and surround yourself again, kind of the cliche, but with people, good, good people around you that you trust. Good advice. And, and that know more than you do about certain things. You know, we don't know everything at all. And uh, find those people that know more than you do sure. about the things you're not good at. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. I agree with all of Johanna's sentiments. Mine is right to the bullet. If you are a small business owner and you hire one employee, get yourself an HR firm 
human resources. There mm-hmm. are so many regulations you need to know. Wow. You okay. need to know. Yeah. If we had that advice, it would have solved a lot of issues. We have HR now. We have minimal issues. Okay. That's something that's never been said on this podcast, and I feel like that would prevent people from a lot of headaches that they just wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. It's just that. Because entrepreneurs, you go into it because it's something you're interested in. That's right. We didn't have any idea of how to manage people or what, you know. Yeah. Sure. Now – have HR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we are happy. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Very practical advice. Cool. Uh, flip side to that, more positive note. You know, that was all good information. That's why I ask it. Flip side to that, what's the best idea you've ever had along the way? You're like, I can't believe we had that idea at that time, or we did that thing at that time that was just right all the way through. <laughs> this, you know, again, to sound, not to sound. I think everything we did, I always say this, I said the timing of the whole thing, when we started it, what it was, was was right on the mark. The first time in our life, you know, just starting a craft cocktail bar when we did it, it was just when it was starting, you know, mm. it, it, we, we, were, we yeah. were kind of ahead of the curve. And so when it did hit, we were already prepared for it. I just feel like we were sort of ahead of the curve on a lot of these with the mocktails, the non-drinking, the low alcohol drinks, you know, we've already been doing that and now they're coming into trends. Sure. But probably the starting our own product line. I think that in the classes, it it just gave us a whole other, opened up a whole new world. That becomes so much more than just like a singular spot that people can get drinks at. Now it's, it's way more than that. It's just, yeah. Opened up a whole world yeah what do you think i'll just add on to what you just said on day 12 of the pink slip i come home from school and johanna said to me i found out what's going to make us unique to every bar in the world and i said what's that and she said it's the bitters and i said well cool what's the bitter and she told me what she learned that day and she Hmm. said you're going to be the bartender and you're going to learn about bitters and you're going to be the bitterest man in the world and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) So, no, that was, but the thing is, starting as a non-alcoholic bar forced me, forced Johanna to really focus on creating drinks that Mm. no one else could do because there weren't any non-alcoholic bars out there. Right. Using a spirit with a gun. Not a spirit. A spirit with a gun, yeah, alcohol, in in any bar does not make you a mixologist. Mm. But using herbs, spices, shrubs, bitters, seltzer, it's like, and then creating. So after 21 months, I was experienced and ready. I really wanted it after a year. She said, no, you're not ready. (laughs) And whether she's right or wrong, we just waited it out and we got our license in. Yeah, here we are. It's such a good point because I think about like when you were saying that, like doesn't make you a mixologist if you're doing this thing just because of this, right? I, I do, I would go somewhere just to get a drink if I was in a certain spot where I was just like, you know what? I want a drink right now. The drink is why I need to find a place. Mm-hmm. 
And I would just find a place, even if it was like kind of a crappy place, to be honest, right? Mm -hmm. Could be a crappy drink sometimes, which I try to avoid, but like Mm -hmm. sometimes that's just fine. But, but I, I wouldn't go look for that place again, right? right? That's not the why behind why I went there. Two things about what you just said, Steve, is like, A, it forced me to be creative because now I don't have this thing that like, like someone's going to come in and get a drink no matter what. You know, like they're going to, even one night we were here, I just saw a crew uh, come in. Like I was here with my wife and I saw a crew come in and I was like, I feel like they are at the end of their night. Cause they just like came in and they're just like ready to like crush it or something like that. But some, like if you make an, an alcoholic drink, there are people that will come just because there's alcohol. Right. 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 But if you force yourself to be creative because there wasn't any initially, First of all, you you put a constraint on yourself and and it's not a limiting constraint of one constraint. It's a constraint that makes you have to solve things and do things and tinker and come up with ideas. And so, first of all, you make yourself creative because now you have a constraint but you have this openness of like how do I make this thing despite that one thing. Second, you have to make it so that this place matters to people as a place to go to and you don't have the alcohol to lean on it's not you, people are not going to come here because they're coming for the alcohol randomly they have to come here because they just enjoy this experience enjoy this thing and then they want to keep coming to that thing and that has to make you yeah creativity like the product like everything has to be phenomenal to to create that so it is that's and that's exactly i think why we've managed to be six successful as sure. people come because they get a certain feeling when they come in here i think a feeling of we we, we you know really want to make it that you're getting high-end drink yeah but not not any pretension with it at all it's like the most comfortable place to come into where you are totally you can totally talk to the bartenders and say i, I don't know what a bitter is i don't know what this is can you explain it to me and they will explain it to you and um that, the educational piece. Yes. Right? Yes. Educating. We want you to ask. You know, we want you to, we give out all our recipes. We don't, they're not secret. You know, we want yeah. you to be able to make it at home and right. text us and ask us, well, how did you do that? Um, that's what we love. That's what we love. Very cool. We take pride in what we do yeah, we on pride. a daily basis. I can tell. That's it. I can tell from yeah. being with you for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes, I mean, being passionate about what you do, that's got to be half the battle there more, you know, we're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah. Luck and hard work. Yeah. 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 Both. Right. A little bit of both. A lot of it of both. Yeah. What would be one resource that you'd recommend to people out there? It can be about literally anything can be business mixology can be mindset can be life. Like what's a resource could be a book, video podcast, any form of anything that you'd recommend our listeners should go check out something that is valuable to you. Besides our website, there's a book on the history of bitters by Parsons. It's my Bible. Okay. I've read it twice. So anyone that wants to know about bitters, how to make bitters, what is a bitter? We have it here at the store and we'll have it online also soon for sale. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And there's a book. Is it, I always forget the name. Is it called the flavor Bible? Yeah, that is such a great book. If uh, for pe- again, people that love ingredients, the Flavor Bible, um, uh, that's one of my go-to books all the time when I'm looking to come up with new ideas and what goes with what. Um, but also, 
I would just say get involved in all the different, you know, we've done everything from, you know, the small business association to cult. We've been in every kind of program that's out there to help small businesses. The lo- There's so many great local sure. um, resources that are free. Um, I, I don't know if I could pick just one. We've done so many. Um, taking leadership classes right now. I mean, we're really trying to learn everything that we possibly can, especially in the areas that we're, you know, not as great on. Um, just, I would say, go to your local. There's, I'm trying to think of here. Um, I just got connected with the SBD. Yes. SBDC. Yes. yes, yes. I just got connected with them yeah. here and have spoken with them in the past, but there are people that, Score. You, you don't know you don't know until you're looking for it but like yeah. when you find there are there are people that want to help and they there get really so pumped up and passionate people. about it and they want to help you do it yes you're not in it alone if you're trying to do yeah. these crazy i crazy ideas but you feel it in your gut that it's going to work mm-hmm. right. there are people out there that you can bounce stuff off that are not shut to exactly. listen to what you have to say on it you know exactly yeah yeah it would be hard to pick one but there's a lot out there locally especially we live in a great state for entrepreneurs, I believe there's so much information and people wanting to help you out there. I forget what the statistic was that I'd seen the other day, but it's something like 65% of main jobs are given from small businesses. Wow. It's something insane yeah. like that. And yeah. I was like, there, there are not a lot of states that can say that. Yeah. That's I substantial. So. Yeah. 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 Like I said, in Maine, cool. you have to be, I love that. you have to be oh, you know, resourceful in Maine to, to make a living here, I think. Yeah. And so I think people do, they come up with a lot of great ideas to, you know, keep themselves going. It's funny. Cause we lived in Tennessee for a little bit, like mostly my wife was living there and we kind of did the same thing too, where we bought a house, like we toured 12 houses. Then we picked one of them on an airplane of like, we're doing that. That's the house. And we renovated it in a month and then Meg was there. But this place is in Tennessee in the middle of nowhere to the point where I, I consider I, that I grew up fairly rural in New Hampshire. This, this is an experience for me that totally one of those opening things where like I was behind, I was on the highway and I was like, what is this thing going so slow? This happened to me three times where I was like, what is this thing going so slow? One was a ATV towing a boat. One was two people on Cub Cadets and they were driving on the highway down. And then, then I, fall, I, I was behind them because I didn't want to pass them fast. Yeah. And they went into the church parking lot and there was parking where there were other Cub Cadets and ATV. And I was like, wow, we're out here. You know, we're out here. But the thing that I got from those people, and I feel it in Maine too, is there's, this is way, it was way even extra there. There's straight up no work there. There's zero work. That's not the case in Maine, but there was zero things to do. And, but those people are there and they're making money and they get up every day and they go figure something out. They go fix something because they can't afford it or they go make money because they have to. And they go figure things out and they create things that you would take for granted or say that you could never do or something. They do it every day. All these people, Mm -hmm. they, they don't even in this town have the greatest education system. They're creating businesses. They're creating everything every day. And it's amazing to watch them do that with, you'd think you didn't have the resources or something. They'll make whatever it is work. And they like all of a sudden it like works perfect. And I see that in Maine. I see the spirit of it here too, I'd say. Yeah. You know, definitely. Last one's the easiest question. The easiest is just where do people find you? If people want to check out websites or social or, 
come to your place here? Where, where do people check out Venus Fizz House if they want to see what's going on? They want to be a part of these classes or, or products or anything? Definitely for, to products and classes, go to our website. It's www.venusfizzhouse.com. Um, our address here is 345 4th Street, Portland, Maine. And, right by the cobblestone. Yep, right at the corner of four and silver. And uh, Instagram. Venus Fizz. Venus Fizz. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, our website has everything. You can just click on classes and everything pops up. tells you everything you need yeah. to know. You can sign up right there. Online stores right there. Yeah, online store. Our product line is right there. You can there. order wholesale there. right yeah. on our online store. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Made it okay. very easy. So for those of you out there, if you're driving or riding a bike or walking a dog or something, www.wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. And these guys will have their own spot on that show notes section. Or if you're listening on something mobile at the bottom, there will be a link to everything that they just said. So you can just click on it. So you don't have to write anything down or anything, but cool. Thank you guys for having me in here. Thank you for letting me like christen this place with a drink yes. again. You know, Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for reaching fun. out to us. Yeah. yeah. This was fun. It's got to be cool. weird. I yeah. don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not, I've been on some other podcasts as a podcaster, but like I'm not always reached out to that way. And I always wonder what do people think when I first hit them up? Because you know? <laughs> everyone has different experience of if they yeah. listen, even listen to podcasts. Right. You know? I, well, cool. I listen to podcasts all the time. I, I, I of course, thought, is this for real? Oh. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, does he really want to do bot. us? Right. Is this, what is this? But. Yeah, I looked you up and I saw. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, like cool. a money transfer thing yeah, comes up. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're a Nigerian prince. Right? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> All right.